everybody, welcome back to the Salvage Title Podcast. It's been a few weeks, uh, there's been vacations, there's been weird work schedules. It's that weird summertime space where people both have nothing and entirely too much going on. Uh, as always, I'm your host Brad Ezelik and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, car whatever. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. If uh, you'd like to go back and revisit other episodes of the show, feel free to dive back into the archives here on anchor.fm at anchor.fm slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. Uh, this podcast is also made available at a plethora Uh, a litany I don't know just name a a large number of things it's on every podcast service Uh, just last week we were added to Spotify podcasts so that's somewhat exciting Uh, the new Google podcast also has it uh, listed in there so check it out if you haven't done it before it's uh, there's lots of stuff car news all that other thing Uh, on today's episode we're going to talk about a few different things Uh, we're going to be a little bit front-loaded on news I think just because we haven't talked in a little while uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Detroit Auto Show and its uh, seasonal move that looks like is going to be happening. Talk a little bit about the new Chevy Blazer SUV. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the new McLarens that have both been announced and driven. Uh, in the culture section, I want to talk a little bit about, specifically, there's going to be a thread that runs through this, and it's going to be my weird relationship with SUVs that is uh, changing as my needs through work and life are starting to happen and it's weird um and then last up a car that i'm pretty sure i've talked about before but i saw one today on the road and i feel like i need to revisit it again uh specifically what we're talking about and that's the dodge caliber so all that and more guys coming up after the bump stick with us So first up, a little bit about the Detroit International Auto Show, the North American International Auto Show that happens, well, at least it was happening, every year in January in downtown Detroit at the Cobble Hall. Uh, This is largely considered to be ground zero for automotive shows every single year. Um, Detroit is the big one. But over the past few years, there's been a lot of struggles for brands that just have been choosing not to come to the show or doing their own outside demonstrations or other things, and it's it's been a big mess and so for 2019 a lot of auto brands have pulled out big ones like mercedes really sticks out in my mind is one that has pulled out of the detroit auto show and they're scrambling they're doing everything that they can to try to make the show a bigger thing so the thought was that they were going to move it back to october to preempt the los angeles auto show uh which has steal or stealing it has been stealing has stolen a lot of uh prestige from the North American National Auto Show in Detroit. Uh, That appears to have been scrapped as well, and Detroit is now potentially being pushed as early as June of 2020 uh, to be the next show. Uh, What the, or at least the idea, the rumor mill idea that got floated, and apparently Ford had suggested this to the folks who run that show, is that they want to do something akin to the uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed, but in downtown Detroit in June. Uh, one, wow, that's crazy. That would be incredible. Um, having an outside event right on the river there, uh, in between, I would presume, Cobo Hall and the, uh, Renaissance Center where GM is headquartered. Uh, two, uh, that would line up quite well with the Belle Isle Grand Prix, which happens, uh, the weekend after, uh, Memorial Day, after the Indianapolis 500. 
So that would time out quite well. Um, and also you would get the timing of people basically just getting out of school, looking for stuff to do. You're in between that Memorial Day and July 4th holiday swing. Uh, but the hard part is, is that it's June and, you know, I don't know. It, it's weird losing out on the traditional January thing, but I'm excited about the prospects. And I think the thing that we're really going to have to start considering here soon is whether or not auto shows really matter at all anymore. Uh, you look at brands like McLaren, which we'll talk about in a little bit. They announce all of their vehicles online through social media. They give exclusive views to certain magazines, and then the information kind of slowly proliferates, and it lets them really control what the message is. And I think that's what's going to be the most important thing going forward, is that if auto brands want to release something, they're going to have to do it themselves and not always have a show to have people come and see it and touch it because people are depending on a lot more on social media and YouTube to get an idea of what they're looking at. So another weird bit of news is the Chevrolet Blazer, the return of the Blazer to the Chevrolet uh, brand. Uh, this is the first time I believe we've had a Blazer that will be on sale in the U.S. since 2003. Uh, that name changed to the Trailblazer, which turned into a whole weird thing with one of the best straight six engines ever made and yet they did nothing with it after that uh, platform was gone. Uh, this new Blazer is going to be based on the platform that sits beneath the GMC Terrain which is based on the same platform as the Chevrolet Equinox. So it's kind of a weird sizing thing where you're going to have a very uh, small jump from the Equinox to the Blazer and from the Blazer to the uh, what do you call it the uh, Traverse that's the bigger one. Um, yeah, I don't know. They they said that this car or crossover or whatever you want to call it was heavily inspired by the new Camaro. Uh, you can very much see that in the front side and rear faces of this car. Uh, I would dare to say that this is a very good looking crossover and I really hate myself for going, I could totally see myself driving this crossover. Um, it's going to have a bevy of normal things that you'd expect for GM. So you're going to get the My, My Touch, My GM, blah, 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 blah. Touch screen, the center of the Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Um, you're going to get the uh, standard, I believe it's a 1.5 liter turbocharged engine, same as the Equinox. And then there's going to be an optional uh, 3.6 liter V6 uh, to power this thing. More or less, it's, it's a GM crossover. There's really nothing that can really go wrong. It's going to be pretty good. I think really more the question is, is it going to have some off-road chops going along with the Blazer name? I'm going to guess probably not based on uh, the platform that it's going to. Two, three, whatever, B, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, is it going to be sporty? And that's, I think, my biggest question is because it looks so much like the Camaro, I would hope that they make this thing have some kind of specialty handling trim, sporty riding trim, make it like a cheap uh, BMW uh, X3 or X4 competitor kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, it could be very cool. And it's just, it's weird to have this vehicle basically be announced out of nowhere and just show up out of nowhere and really like it so much and actually have it look like GM did their homework a little bit. It's very weird. Um, but, you know, to the to the chagrin of some people, this isn't exactly the four-wheel drive, heavier-duty off-road thing. It sounds like Ford's going to be checking those boxes with the Bronco, which will compete directly with this vehicle. Uh, so it'll be a very interesting segment with this kind of mid-ish sized, sporty-ish crossover thing going on here in the very near future. 
So last up, a bit of news about one of my favorite automotive brands, McLaren Motorsport, Autosport, whatever they're calling themselves these days. Uh, the 600 LT was announced and shown and all this other stuff today. Uh, the 600 LT is the 600 long tail. It's based on the 570S, which is the 911 turbo competitor that McLaren makes. Uh, if you haven't seen the McLaren in person lately, they are absolutely stunning vehicles to look at. Uh, they are engineering marvels, uh, whether it is their super spooky, crazy suspension work that's done over, under the uh, higher level vehicles like the 720S and things like that, uh, where it can do amazing track tricks, but also ride like a Lincoln down the road. That's super cool. It's got a twin turbo V8 that just bends gravity somehow. Uh, this car appears to be no exception, uh, much like the previous, what is it, the 650 LT, which came before it, uh, that one had a little bit more bespoke, longer bodywork to add some aero balancing, had some lighter weight materials that were applied to a little bit more of a racy effort. Uh, the 600 LT is going to be much the same. Uh, you're going to be getting seats from the Senna that will be available, these super lightweight, crazy looking seats. Uh, it's going to have specialty carbon brakes from the larger, faster 720S. Uh, specialty wheels, more power in the engine bay, all the good stuff. It's going to be a wonderful track car. I would love to get the privilege to drive one someday. Uh, co-worker, well not even a co-worker, a guy that works in the same building as me at one of my uh, two locations of my job has a uh, 570S and as you would guess I would be drooling over it every day when I'd walk past it in the parking lot. So yeah, if you're here in Grand Rapids, keep an eye out for it. It's a white and orange one. It's beautiful. Um, in other McLaren news, uh, quickly, the uh, McLaren Senna has been announced previously. It has now had some press previews. Some press outlets have gone to drive the car. Um, as you would expect, the car is very fast, uh, gravity-bendingly quick. Uh, this car surges forward at a rate that it really is unheard of. It's not quite as fast as the P1 in some instances, but it's very similar. Uh, where the car really starts to get crazy is with the aero trickery and the brakes. Um, the guys over at Carfection were talking about how this car can brake like 30 meters sooner, or later, excuse me, 30, meter, 30 meters later than the P1 uh, and still be able to go around corners a little bit faster. Uh, this car is an insane effort of engineering. Uh, kudos to McLaren for making such cool vehicles over and over and over again. I can't wait to see what their next cars will be. Um, but uh, yeah, if you get a chance, go over to the Carfection YouTube channel, uh, watch their drive of the Senna. It's incredible. Very cool. So I'm at a weird crossroads here personally when it comes to looking at buying a new vehicle. Do I need a new vehicle right now? No. I do need to make some repairs to my current vehicle, which has me thinking about this. Uh, and it's really a reflection of where my job is at. Uh, unfortunately, I drive a very small Ford Fiesta. I love the car, handles well, rides well, the fuel economy is great, and it's been one of the most reliable vehicles I've ever owned. Uh, but sadly, you know, stacking cases and cases of beer or glassware or any other merchandise or anything that fits in my car isn't exactly the best situation. And so I've started to look and consider the idea of a crossover or SUV. Um, as here in Michigan, we do get lots of snow and it would be nice to have some of that performance. What is weird is that my girlfriend is going from her SUV to a car, more than likely, and I'm looking to go from a small car to a larger <laughs> crossover SUV. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know how I reconcile with this. 
the weird thing is, is that my tastes in crossovers and SUVs either lead me down uh, three specific paths. One, uh, that are quite large um, and less fuel efficient than what would be optimal. Two, are uh, European and obviously uh, prohibitively expensive. Or three, end up being a pickup truck and I just kind of go, no, I... Mm. I, I, I like the idea of some pickup trucks, but the one that I would buy is still too new and too expensive. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, just to be uh, open and forthright, right now the leading contender in this hunt, if I am to go down this road, is the uh, Ford Explorer uh, Police Interceptor, the Pursuit Package, whatever they want to call it, uh, the P-71 Successor. Uh, so more or less, it is a Ford Explorer with a reinforced uh, body. Uh, some models have reinforced doors that apparently can stop bullets. Not that that's important in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but they've got a little bit more of a robust uh, heating and cooling system, a little bit more heavy-duty suspension, a um, little bit more uh, capacity to carry and operate and do things, which would be wonderful. And these vehicles are readily available at this point with right around 100,000 miles on them, which isn't horrible. Um, but with the really good all-wheel drive systems that they have, could be cool. I don't know. So for about uh, anywhere from between about 11 to 13 grand, that seems to be the floor for many of these vehicles as they're uh, discontinuing their fleet service and entering uh, civilian duty. So I'll keep you guys posted on my SUV and crossover hunt. I can't imagine I'm going to go too far in that situation, but uh, I'm at a weird personal crossroads here. So if you've got feedback about it, feel free to hit me up here on anchor.fm slash YSSMAN and let me know what you think I should start looking into. Quick set of thoughts about the Dodge Caliber, which I know I've talked about on the show before. Saw one today, really pretty blue color. Had some nice wheels on it. Looked really great. Looked like it had been maintained really well. And it got me thinking. Yes, the Dodge Caliber was way ahead of its time. It was, after all, a tiny crossover that kind of bridged the gap between a small compact car and a larger mid-sized crossover SUV. It got okay gas mileage. It had a pretty robust all-wheel drive system made available to it that was based on what Dodge had offered in the Patriot and Compass. Uh, this car had a really cool set of features with the crazy interior lights and the drop-down uh, speaker system for tailgating in the back. Uh, there were some neat ideas with the Dodge Caliber. And just what a m bit of madness it is to think about how this car was basically the undoing of Daimler Chrysler. They didn't have a competitive small car because it was too big to compete with the Civic and the Cruze of all things. The Chevrolet Cruze, also a pretty terrible car. Um, and they, they, they blew it. They lost the hundreds of thousands of sales because this car genuinely sucked. And yet it is exactly what people would buy today. And it's really weird thinking about that and how ahead of its time it was and how forward thinking Dieter Zietz was the former head of Daimler Chrysler. I believe he's still the head of Daimler Benz. Uh, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's strange. It's emblematic of where we're at today as an economy where a formerly great American company can be purchased by a foreign one, just used and abused. They do exactly what they were told to do, but the execution just wasn't there because they didn't get the funding 
it all blows apart, they get sold off to another company, and the process repeats. Uh, or, or in Chrysler's case, at least at one point, they got bought by a private equity firm and almost completely evaporated, which, you know, is what's happening to Toys R Us. And this is very likely what's going to happen to Harley-Davidson in the next couple of years. It's a crazy time, and the Dodge Caliber is really the poster child for it. So if you see a Dodge Caliber anytime soon, just kind of reflect on where you're at in your life and what decisions you've made and whether or not you could have ended up in a Dodge Caliber and how good or bad your life would be in that situation. I don't know. It's a, just a strange reflection. It's basically a vehicle that's wearing a MAGA hat every single day. <laughs> All right, guys, that just about wraps up this episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Azalek, and you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. You can go back and listen to previous episodes of this show here on Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash Y-S-S-M-A-N, where you can also leave a comment, a voice uh, mail comment, whatever you want to call it, uh, and I can post it here to the show. So feel free to do that, anchor.fm slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. Uh, we do another version of this podcast called the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide, where I go into a segment of vehicles, I break down what I think are the top three choices and add a fourth option for flavor. That fourth option might not always be the best choice, but it is, at the very least, an interesting choice. And uh, one of these days, I feel like I should do some kind of sporty coupe thing. Uh, really focus it around the Porsche 911 because that's arguably the best choice in there. Or is it? I don't know. Um, if you want a link to a doobly-doo where I talk about other things, we don't have one. Uh, if you want to find out about other car news and other things, uh, check out uh, the podcast Footlock. That's F-L-F-T-L-O-C. For the love of cars is what the initials are. It's done by Carfection, which is a uh, European arm of uh, CNET, their car thing, uh, Roadshow? I don't know. Anyway, it's a really good one. It's done by some uh, former dudes from some other really great uh, car automotive reporting things. Uh, so if you have a moment, check out some of their coverage. They've been talking about some interesting stuff lately. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty uh, easy to not do these for a while. It's kind of hard to get back into it. So at the very least, guys, I hope I will see you very soon. I'm sure we're going to have some breaking automotive news topics ideas, other things happen. I don't know. It's summertime. It is whatever. Anyway, guys, I hope you have a safe and wonderful rest of your week, and we'll see you again very soon here on the Salvage Title Podcast. All right. Last thought, parting shot for this episode because it is uh, currently being recorded on July 11th, 2018. Uh, it's Big Gulp Day, or not Big Gulp, Slushy Day, whatever they call it. Uh, we don't have 7-Elevens around here in West Michigan, and it's a very weird thing. Uh, we recently traveled to and back from New York, not the city, but close to Lake Placid, if you're familiar with the upstate area. Uh, and we saw many a 7-Eleven along the side of the road, and... 
it's weird. It's weird how these brands kind of come and go, especially here in the Midwest. Uh, Michigan is kind of a weird no man's land for some things, where everything's kind of dominated by Meyer and Speedway and, you know, I don't know, a litany of other things. And we just don't get a lot of those really interesting convenience stores or donut brands or sandwich shops or anything like that. And driving through Ohio and Pennsylvania and New York, you see an entire different set of stuff. And it's unfortunate. I really like 7-Eleven. I love a good Slurpee now and then. Uh, but they're all gone. There's only one in the entire area of West Michigan, and it's in Zeeland, of all places. It's in Zeeland right off the highway. And uh, I imagine they're going to be quite busy today, but maybe, just maybe, I'll have to go grab a Slurpee. But uh, yeah, support your local 7-Eleven. That's kind of a weird capitalist thing to say, but uh, it's a brand I like a lot. So do your best. Make sure they stay in business. If you have one here in Michigan, make sure they stick around. Uh, support your local Slurpee artist. Anyway. Have a wonderful week, guys. We'll see you again very soon.